Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Oh my gosh, so excited to be here tonight to be chatting with you guys. You know, it's really funny though, because as my wife was just talking about 10 years ago uh, is when we came here. And it was kind of an interesting circumstance that brought us here. We were kind of in a desperate situation with a family member and we just felt like we, we just had to go somewhere, right? And that's kind of a whole story in itself, so I'm not even gonna get into it. But we had a friend who kept on saying like, you gotta come to this church, you gotta come to this church. Like, they know how to pray. Like, things can happen. And I'm like, I know how to pray. Like, you just, you just kind of pray, and, you know, God either says yes or no, and, like, that's it. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you got to come, right? But who knows, like, in a desperate situation, sometimes you're going to go to a spirit-filled church, right, to, to get a little Holy Ghost power. So we ended up coming. But before we came, it was really funny because I remember... Uh, looking up, it was C3 at the time. Like, I was already really offended. Like, I was super offended. Like, C3, like, what type of church name is that? <laughs> like, this is, this must be a cult, right? And, but I'm like, okay, well, let me look them up. Typing in, pastors, you're going to land blonde, good looking. And I'm like, okay, super offended right now. <laughs> Every religious bone in my body was like, this place cannot be legit. First of all, pastors are good looking. Like, that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> They're blonde, like no good pastor is blonde. Like they're either brunette or gray hair probably. And so I was like already offended, but I'm like, okay, well maybe this place is legit, but I just, I just don't know. So we're gonna go. So we went and checked it out. And of course, who comes up on stage? We see pastors John and Becky, right? And I'm like, okay, like now everyone's good looking. Not only are they good looking, but they also got six packs too. Like what the heck is up with this place? And I was just like totally tripping out, but thank God that I actually felt the power of the Holy Ghost when we came here. But on top of that, uh, I really felt the Lord say, trust the fruit, judge a tree by its fruit, right? So not this religious idea that I had in my head of what a church should look like, or what a pastor should look like, but let's see the fruit. So I started to look at the fruit. I also did another thing. I started to do what I call Bibling right? Everything that was spoke, I decided, well, if I'm going to go to the source of truth, I'm going to go to the Bible. I'm not going to Google. Google, like you, if you type in Google, has anybody ever done this? Like, I have a headache. What does that mean on Google? Well, it turns out I'm dying, <laughs> right? Like, you go to Google, like, no matter what, you end up like, I'm dying, right? Go to the Bible. Well, well wait, there's, there's actually life. There's a source of life right there, right? So I began to test it in the Bible, and I was just so blown away that everything I would bring up, man, the Bible would line up, the Bible would line up. Now, one of the greatest things about the church that really tripped me out, one of the things I saw was so fruitful, it was the first time I saw a church that actually talked about operating in both mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. Has anybody heard this before? Right, it's so important, right? Because when you operate, there's a lot of churches that was either like truth, 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 or mercy, mercy, mercy. Right? And then the churches that were like, truth, 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 they would like go right past truth and go into condemnation. Yeah. Right? And then the churches that would go, mercy, 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 they would go right past mercy and go into like total perversion or just craziness or lawlessness. Right? And it was like one or the other. So here was this church that was operating in both. Also, like the first church I saw that operated in both freedom and righteousness. 
right? Same sort of thing, same sort of thing, like righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. Okay, if you don't have the freedom part of it, you're going to go right past righteousness and go to legalism, right? And if you go freedom, 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 well, you go right past freedom and all of a sudden you're sinning all the time, right? You're not living a holy life. You're living an unproductive life. And so you started to see these things. See, that God has created these things not to be contrary to one another. Oftentimes we think of these things as contrary, like mercy and truth are contrary. They're opposite. No, they're not opposite. They're not contrary. They're complementary. They're complementary. Same thing with male and female. Guess what? We're actually not opposite. Male and female, we're not opposite. We're actually meant to complement one another. Right? And the vision God gave me was of oxen. Right? You know, when oxen, when, even in marriage it talks about do not be unequally yoked. Right? We're supposed to be yoked together. When you have two things, two oxen that are yoked together well, they're meant to charge forward in a purpose. Right? Towards and be fruitful. Right? Cause fruit to grow. Right? And so but that, was just, that was the thing that just blew my mind. We saw these divine yokings that are biblical, but then worked out here. Now, I remember a couple of years ago, we went on the trip uh, to Israel with some of the pastors. And Man, like it was so fun. It was such a fun trip. And like, just so you know, if anybody didn't, if anybody ever questioned how legitimate Pastor Jurgen is, like this trip, anybody who's on this trip, like remembers, like it was so, this the the tour guide was like tripping out about Pastor Jurgen. He's like, I've never met such a man as this. We go into like this one like outdoor museum, and like no joke, a dove like lands on Pastor Jurgen's finger. And he's just walking around with the dove. And Shraga, our tour guide, is like, what is this? Like, he was blown away. It was like miracle after miracle after miracle. And it was so funny. But the other thing that he was also, I mean, just, it wasn't just our leadership, but it was everyone there. He said, look, I have never in all my years been with a group of people that can have so much fun and yet be so serious when the time is to be serious to be reverent when the time is to be reverent. He had always seen people be serious and there was like no fun. He's like, these people are boring. Or the people who were like, had a lot of fun, but then all of a sudden didn't know when to be quiet, right? And who knows that it's a sign of maturity to be able to know when to have fun and when, when to be serious. So it's so good to see these divine yokings worked out here. Now, one of the ones that was probably the biggest impact for me, biggest growth area for me, was the idea of faith and wisdom. Faith and wisdom. Right, we hear a lot, like I remember coming here and I thinking like, oh yeah, I know what wisdom, like you make good decisions and good things happen, right? Make good decisions, good things happen. You make bad decisions, bad things happen. But I didn't understand the whole faith part of it, right? The people in our previous church experience, my idea of like faith people were people who was like, well, like I want to marry Lauren Daigle, right? And so God told me I'm gonna marry Lauren Daigle. And I was like, no, I don't think that was God. I think that was your hormones. <laughs> that told you you were gonna marry Lauren Daigle, <laughs> right? Like, and it's usually not like the coolest person. Like it's someone you're like, there's no chance. Like there's just no way this person's marrying Lauren Daigle. Like what did Lauren Daigle do to have to marry this guy, <laughs> right? So that was like my previous experience in it. But when I came here, I actually saw people actually walk in real faith, like hold on to the promises of God that God has promised and hold on, press forward, to pray into them, to fight for them, to battle for them. Amen. And so I'm so thankful for this church. Now, when we talk about faith, what is faith, right? Well, it's simply confidence or trust in a person or a thing. The Bible, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, right? So it's not about necessarily the things that we see, but it's about the promises of God that we do not see yet, 
right? Those are the things that we hold on to. And having assurance of them, having assurance of them. Bible also says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So obviously faith is super important in the Christian, like in the Christian life, is it not? We want to please God. We want to enter into his courts and we do so with faith, with faith. It also, and you've talked, if you look at Romans, you look at a lot of the, the Paul letters, talk so much about the way the promises of God are inherited and received are through faith. Promises of God are received through faith. Now, what about wisdom? Well, wisdom is the knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment as to action, right? So it's not just knowing the right thing, but actually having just judgment on how to act on it. Other ideas, having a like good perspective, like having a full understanding of something. When I think of someone who has the understanding of the law, for example, it's not just the letter of the law. There's a lot of those people, but it's actually understanding the spirit behind the law, yeah. right? Jesus understood the spirit and the heart and the intent behind the law, which is why when the Pharisees gave him a hard time about breaking the Sabbath, he reminded them that the Sabbath was not made for man, but man, no, man was not made for Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man, right? He understood the reasoning behind because, he, well, of course, he knew the creator. It was him. Surprise. <laughs> you know, it's not just knowing the what of something, but the who, what, where, why, what, and how, Right? Now, the great thing about wisdom, right? Again, they're not opposites. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. So it actually is putting God first and understanding where we are in relation to him and recognizing him who he is, right? Because there's such thing as divine wisdom and then there's earthly wisdom. We don't want earthly wisdom. That's carnal and sensual and whatever. We want godly wisdom, which is pure, right? James 1.5 in the Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith, in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for not, let not that man suppose that he receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So we can actually, actually the way we tap into faith is first recognizing who God is, recognizing him as our Lord, but then asking for that wisdom, right? Wisdom is what gives us the divine strategy. So how do they work together, right? The idea is that they work together. Remember, the goal is not for them to be, you know, I'm really strong in faith, but who cares about wisdom, right? The goal is to be 10 out of 10 in both. Now, the reality is, right, like our nature, at least like most people, like we'll tend to be one way, you know, we'll lean one way or the other. For me, I tend to lean towards like the wisdom side of things. But what that means is so the problem is if you focus so much on wisdom and you neglect faith, you can go right past wisdom and go into fear. And fear starts to masquerade as wisdom telling you, this is wisdom, this is wisdom. And it's like, no, I'm actually just really scared. This is fear, right? Now, faith, if, we're, if we lean more towards the faith side of things, we can go right past, and we neglect wisdom, we can go right past faith and go into flesh. We go into our desires, our soulful desires, right? And then we start to think that our soulful desires are God's promises rather than actually God's promises being God's promises. So what happens? We have flesh masquerading as faith, and fear masquerading as wisdom. Not what we want to do. But it's interesting, right? Hebrews 11 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were, were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So we can understand by faith that God created, but did you know that God also created by faith? 
He actually created by faith. He created the things which are seen by the things which are unseen. Faith is the assurance of things which are not seen. Right? The assurance of creation actually rests upon the faith of God. Rests upon the faith of God. Proverbs 8, if you go through Proverbs 8, though, you see that wisdom was alongside God the entire time that he created. So God created in both wisdom and in faith. He operated in both. 10 out of 10, both. 10 out of 10, both. It wasn't one or the other. He was 10 out of 10, both. True faith acts in wisdom. True wisdom acts in faith. That's it. That's it. So what I think about is wisdom is how we apply the principles of God. Faith is how we inherit the promises of God. Wisdom is how we apply the principles of God. Faith is how we inherit the promises of God. So title tonight is Principles and Promises. All right, so we're going to start. Matthew 25, we're going to go through real quick. We're going to go through real quick here. Matthew 25, verse 14 says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and another one bag, each according to his ability. Each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me. You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Now, the one with the two bags... Same exact thing. I had two, I gave you two. Come and share in your master's happiness. But the one, the one who had one said, then the man, in verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man or harsh man. That's another translation for a harsh man, like a cruel man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So point number one tonight, your level of wisdom and faith will determine the level of fruitfulness and blessing you receive and see. The level of wisdom and faith that you operate in will determine the level of fruitfulness and blessing you receive and see. So you notice how it said each according to his ability each according to his ability. Now, when I first read that, I was thinking, like, man, God, this isn't fair. Like, shouldn't we, this is not an equitable resource. Like, everyone should get the same amount. Like, my little inner communist was coming out, right? <laughs> <sighs> but, like, like, real, like reality like, comes, comes in just like reality always comes with communism, right? Like, it just reminds people it doesn't work that way because... Who knows that? Have you, has anybody ever seen a uh, person you know, who wins the lottery? This is like, these stories happen all the time. They win the lottery, and they don't just like end up back where they were. They end up way worse, way worse. Because when you were given more than what's according to your ability, what, could, what you thought would be a blessing is actually a curse. Right? What's, what's, what you thought would be a blessing is actually a curse. So God will give us according to our ability. Too much, too much, too fast will actually destroy you. Proverbs 13.11 says, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. 
See, the thing is, we, we got to be okay increasing our wisdom and faith little by little. Right? It's easy for us to see someone like Pastor Jurgen and be like, oh, I'm just going to be like that. But he's built it through the years of growing his faith and wisdom. He's been operating in years. So it's okay. Look, you're not going to be Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Leanne. Like, you're just not going to be that yet. But you can if you commit to the process. Right? If you commit to the process. We got to have faith, right? The ones who were faithful by the way, were the ones who had faith that God had entrusted them to actually grow the money. He he trusted in his goodness. Trusted in his goodness that, by the way, the purpose was that they would ultimately share in their master's happiness. It wasn't to condemn them. They had to have faith in the goodness of their master. So how many of us have been asking God for more? God, I want more. I want more blessing. I want more responsibility. But are we actually being responsible, stewarding well what's actually in our hands right now? Are we actually being faithful with what God's put in our hands right now? So that'd be my challenge. Let's just be faithful. By the way, faith and wisdom, faith and wisdom in what God has put in our hands now. Point number two, faith and wisdom are measured over the long term. And this is what we call faithfulness. Faithfulness is faith and wisdom operating over the long term. Notice how he says, after a long time, the master of those servants returned. It wasn't like a month later. It wasn't probably not even a year later. It says, after a long time. Now, the first time I read this, I was like, oh, yeah, he just got five bags and got another five bags. Like, he just put five bags on red, got it, good to go. <laughs> like, no, but there was actually like a process involved. There was a process involved. See, we can have faith or wisdom for a moment, but are we actually acting in faith and wisdom over the long term? Are we operating it over the long term? Right? See, the, the whole point is that we actually submit to God's process because wisdom will tell us to submit to the process because the process is good. Faith will allow us to persevere in the process because we trust what God has is actually good for us and he's getting something into us so he can get something to us. Is that resonating with you? See, my fear is that we worry about, we, we want to take the shortcut. We want to take the shortcut. We just want the blessing right now, God. We want the blessing right now. But let me tell you, when you shortcut the process, you're going to cut short God's blessing. When you shortcut the process, you're going to cut short God's blessing over your life. So trust that God is a God of process, but he's also a good God who wants to get something into you. Right? And the other thing I think about is, we, you know, sometimes we get focused on God's stories. And I, look, we, I am like, I'm all about God's stories. I am like, we've lived, lived a life of God's stories. But what I don't want us to do is seize, just like idolize a momentary God story over the God of the story who creates a life full of blessing and favor. Because when we do that, when we do that, we actually miss out on God's best. We miss out on God's best for us. I remember, uh, what was it, three years ago, uh, or actually, maybe it was more than that. It was actually more than, well, I can't remember how long ago, but maybe it was like five years ago, uh, we, were, we really felt God to tell us like, hey, you got to move, right? So we had a little bit of disappointment in it, but then we walked through this one house and we're like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the house. Like, this is amazing. So uh, that was on a Thursday. It went on the market. We put an offer in right away, figured out what we had to do. We acted in wisdom to say like, what do we got to do to lock this down before the weekend? Because once the weekend hits, we know that demand will increase. When demand increases, prices go up. So we got it locked down. There were seven offers, by the way, just from Thursday to Friday. And so they said, great, we're going to accept your offer. And I already was, I'm already freaking out a little bit, thinking like, man, like this is like the most that the, any house has ever sold in this neighborhood. 
And like, I just don't know if the, the comps are going to justify it even in the long term, but like, we just, we're just trusting that this is the house. Now they say, well, hey, we're good to go. We're going to accept your offer. But um, there is a company on the East Coast they had to sign off as a relocation deal uh, where the relocation company actually has to sign off on the paperwork. They're closed right now. So, you know, we'll give you a call Monday. They're going to sign it first thing on Monday, but we're going to put the property in pending and no one's going to see it. Okay, great. We're like good as gold. Like we're, we're rocking. Well, come Monday, we get a call from the agent. Yeah, um, we got an offer that just came in. They door knocked the property for $30,000 more than yours. Uh, and by the way, it's all cash. So your little financed offer, like, I don't think it's going to do it. And I remember being like, what the heck just happened? And then I was like angry. I was like angry at this. I'm like, what the heck? This is not a God story. I was already paying more and now I'm going to get like ripped off? Like what the heck? So I start getting mad and I start getting scared too because I start thinking, well, I'm never going to, now like I was worried before about making up this equity, but like now I'm never going to make up this equity. But thank God I had a wife who said, hey, like let's like, let's just simmer a little bit and let's just, let's just pray about it. Let's, let's ask God what God wants for us. So we prayed about it. I remember specifically here, like we heard God said, this is the devil trying to steal your blessing. Go up and take the house. And I'm like, whoa, this is like back in Israel days. So he's like, go up and take the city. I'm like, but God, isn't this supposed to cost me nothing? He's like, no, this is the devil trying to steal your blessing. Is it worth it to you? So, think, so we said, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I could tell you for years, I was thinking, man, our house is still the most expensive house that's ever sold here. Like even with all the market going up, still the most expensive house. But then several years later, we got someone who reached out to us, wanted to make a ridiculous offer on our house. And we made an unbelievable amount of profit, like way more. And by the way, at that time, our house had still been the most expensive house sold in the neighborhood. We got an astronomical increase. Now, if I was focused on just having the momentary God story, I would have missed the whole story that God had as the greater. So thank God I had a wife who reminded me, let's listen to God and what he says. Because faith isn't about what the miracle that I want to write. It's about the faith in the miracle that God wants to write. So let's embrace the process. Let's grow little by little. Wisdom. Wisdom is about submitting to the process. Faith is about sticking with the process. Point number three. Both faith and wisdom are required to do what God has called us to do. They notice servant number three. First thing he does. I knew you were a harsh man. Like cruel, hard. Because why? Why would he say he was a hard man? Because he gathered where he did not scatter and he reaped where he did not sow. Well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make you hard or harsh. It actually makes you resourceful, yeah. actually interested in increase, yeah. actually knowing what they need to do to like, you know, like he was just very resourceful, right? So he, first of all, misunderstood. But what happened from there? He we didn't trust the character of his master. Then he went straight to fear. So I was scared. And then what did, then what did he do? Then he put the money into the ground. He put gold back into the ground. Like we literally take gold from the ground to have it as a resource he goes immediately into dysfunction and puts the gold back into the ground. And then he doesn't do anything. And then he acts like, yeah, you know, well, I was scared, so this is what I did. And it makes sense, logically speaking, but it actually doesn't. It's dysfunctional. It's dysfunctional. Right, so I think about years ago, I actually, uh, was it was over, over a decade ago, 
uh, God called, was calling me out of a very stable engineering position. And I was thinking like, there's, this is really scary. Like this is, this is a really stable job and you want me to go into just business ownership, like where we don't even know where our next paycheck is coming from. So I was just thinking like, this is like God, like do you really, like, do you really have good things for me? Because I want the stability. So I was starting to go into fear. Right? But then I had to trust God's goodness. But when I trusted God's goodness and see, saw where he wanted us to go, I then acted also in wisdom. Right? We began to save up money, saying, God, I know where you're bringing me. So I am going to ask for divine revelation on the strategy on how to get there. I'm going to ask for wisdom in how to get there. So we started to save up. We saved up a year's worth of wages. Kind of crazy, right? Or at least what we barely needed to get on, to make sure that our business plan, which we believe God anointed, we started to act like it. We actually acted like God wanted us to have a business. We didn't act like, God, you're just going to bring us a bit. Like the other guy, he just sat there. God, you're going to bring, Master, you're going to bring the increase. That's what you do. No, he's actually entrusted us for the increase. We just need to trust that he does the impossible while we take care of what is possible. We're not teaching an anti-responsibility gospel. God wants us to prosper, but with prosperity comes responsibility. The problem is the world looks at prosperity one way and then the church starts to say, yeah, that's what, no, prosperity, I get it from what the Bible says. And prosperity isn't doing nothing and just Instagramming all day and just like making a lot of money. That's not, you're not changing the world for the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God is what's important. And are we being self-minded or are we being kingdom-minded, right? That's what I think about. Are we being kingdom-minded or are we being self-minded? Both flesh and fear are self-minded, right? God has yoked together faith and wisdom together to move forward for our, lights to, for our, our lives to be fruitful. He doesn't want us to just sit by the sides or for them to contend with one another. He wants them to work with each other to go towards a fruitful and blessed life. So tonight while we're here, I'm just gonna ask that we all take just a sort of a self-assessment Right? And I do this all the time. I take self-assessments. I try to be very self-aware, not just in mercy and truth, but faith and wisdom. Right? Am I acting in both faith and wisdom? There was a time like when I had to leave that one job, I had to say, Lord, like, am I acting in fear? And I realized, yeah, like I'm actually letting fear dictate what I'm doing. So are you here tonight? And maybe God's called you to do something. And you know without a doubt that he's called you to do that. But you're scared. You're scared to do it. Maybe it's to move somewhere. Maybe it's to take another job. Maybe it's to break up with somebody. I don't know what it is, but you know for sure that God has told you to do so, but you're struggling with fear. And you know it's not like just concern about like, under, like understanding. Like if I drive my car crazy, I'm gonna crash. No, that's, that's understanding. But fear would say, I can't drive my car because I absolutely will crash, right? So we wanna make sure that what we're doing, we're acting in, faith. Maybe that, if that's you, say, God, how can I exercise my faith more? Let me be surrounded by people of faith with fruit on their life to, to, to reach into and to grab hold of, to press me forward towards faith, God, because I want to act in both faith and wisdom. I don't want to act in fear. And I don't want to act in flesh. Or maybe here tonight and you say, look, I, I have no problem. I am constantly stepping out in faith. But maybe you say like, but honestly, like I don't see any fruit from it. Like my life isn't being as fruitful as it should be. Well, I'd say in that case, like maybe let's start working on building up the wisdom. God wants us to operate in wisdom. Wisdom is actually from God, 
right? Wisdom is from God. So then get around some really wise counsel, not the people who are gonna tell you what you wanna hear, but the people who are gonna tell you what you need to hear and the people that have fruit on their lives. So if, that's, if, if, if any of that resonates with you, I'm gonna pray over you here in just a minute. And I'm just gonna believe for an impartation, but also not just an impartation of something, but for action to follow afterwards. For you to reach out to those people in your life and say, you know, look, maybe you have a friend you just see operating in wisdom all the time. Hey, like, just help me, just mentor me. Like, I wanna, I wanna start building up my wisdom muscle. Or maybe you're someone who kind of tends towards more fear like me, right? And you get to get around people of faith, which is why I was so happy I was around this church. I was around people like, wow, I could actually live in both faith and wisdom. Like, this is awesome. This is awesome. They're meant to work together. So church, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes, I'm just gonna pray over you and just believe with me tonight. God, I just thank you, God, that you are of God, of the miraculous God, that you are God of both faith and wisdom, Father God. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus that we are a church that people here are filled, not just with wisdom, not just with faith, but supernatural wisdom and supernatural faith, God, that this church would be known for having people that walk in both incredibly strong, bold, courageous, fierce, fighting for your kingdom, God. And we declare that your blessing is flowing today, Father God, that you open the eyes of our heart to step into the purposes that you've put for us and that we'd have courage to walk into them. God, I bless every single person here. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.